Welcome to the First Read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast, where we break down Bendis' iconic run on Ultimate Spider-Man, issues 1 through 160, and Earth 1610. I'm Zach, and with me as always, it's the man of the people, your friend and mine, John Opat. Thank you. How's it going today? It's going good. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. You know, it's the end of the week. I've got tomorrow off. Do you? Uh, No, I have Monday off. I also have Monday off. Zach, oh. I thought this... Yeah, what were you about to say? Can't Good we just me? all be John? Can't we? Well, I was, I was thinking instead of talking about three Spider-Man comics today, maybe it would be fun to do an in-depth look at the history of the labor union and how Labor Day came to be and just, you know... I I just thought that'd be a good thing for us to talk about. We're probably pretty knowledgeable. Do you find it amazing that like in our country with just the stuff that kind of gets codified into like our, our national image and how we like to think of ourselves and with the things that we say we value, is it not amazing that we even have a labor day? It is. It, it's i mean that was in the in the past you know that stuff was like important and all it, about yeah, it and it now, we like, now we like hate those types of things yeah yeah that is, it is funny though that it's like labor day is so awesome but you know right but i feel like also parties union, are just like hell bent on union busting <laughs> i feel like union busting also used to be a great american tradition back in the day you yeah know? yeah that that's true also at least for yeah. one side actually you know what now I do kind of want to look up the history of Labor Day. It's like Martin Luther King Jr. You, Day. You're you like, got me, Zach. How'd that get passed? I mean, it's a good thing it did, but knowing our government, how? Well, you know what? Honestly, probably just to be cynical, because that's what happened, is the labor m- movement and just like, you know, Black people were probably like, hey, we should actually like get equal stuff. And, and everyone's like, or you could have a day for Martin Luther King Jr. Because we're not racist. You know, look, we gave him his own day. Yeah. Sure, everything he stood for, we hate. But, you know, I, I don't know the at same all. thing with Labor Day. They're probably like, you know, yeah, we could raise the minimum wage and give you guys more money. But wouldn't one day off a year just be the best? You're probably dead on with that. Um, I don't know it off the dome, but there is a famous Malcolm X quote that some, says something like, um, like actual change will never come willingly from the people in power. The best you'll ever get from them is like these ceremonial concessions yeah. and like platitudes and, yeah. you know, holidays. Yeah. Well, I actually think that this was a really good start to our Labor Day episode. Hell yeah. I <laughs> think it was, it was unplanned. Too. This well, is you got, you got, you got, you, yeah, I was going to say, you got anything going on this weekend? So well, big, I, big long weekend. I knew we had a lot to talk about because we've had a lot happen, both of us, I'm guessing, since we last spoke. And we've got, you know, weekend plans looking forward. But, you know, I do want to try and hit most of that after yeah. the issues to okay. try and keep the you length, know what while I, bet we're on... we, I, I bet we could even find time to just hit those in the middle of everything you know <laughs> structure what structure we don't need no yeah. stinking structure <laughs> uh but while we were on our little leftists rant have you ever heard of the podcast blowback no i 
had not either. And then a friend posted about it on Instagram this week. And I've listened to the first four episodes and it's about the Iraq war. And it's like, it's nothing like our podcast. It's really (laughs) planned out and well-produced and stuff. But I've, I've just been like enthralled by that the last few days. And I thought that's something you'd like. Nice. Yeah, no, that sounds that sounds really interesting. Listen to people talk about the Iraq War in yeah. my free time. Uh, okay, <laughs> just kidding. I'm making fun. I know. Sorry, Zach. It's it's one of those things where it's like it's informative. It like tells you stuff that you, yeah. I had never heard. No, it's but it's also insanely interesting. They're kind of funny about it too. Um, yeah. They, okay. Anyways, well, I'll get. I'll uh, I'll maybe check it out. Yeah, put that's it what on. I the tell list. everybody. Yeah, I'll put it on the list. Yeah, that's fine. You don't have to. <laughs> Um, okay, let's, uh, let's, let's throw it over to the Better Business Bureau. Every business says they're better. But the ones that earn and display the BBB seal back it up. It instantly identifies businesses that are committed to operating with integrity, honoring promises, and telling the truth. Makes you wonder why every business doesn't have it. So look for it, because it's looking out for you. That's why it's the sign of a better business and find a better business anytime at bbb.org. And we're back. So this week, it's we get three issues, um, 51, mm-hmm. 52, 53, and we're going to do something interesting that we've never tried before. I so for, barely even remember what we're going to do. <laughs> so It's the Marvel method, baby. For 52, we're going to be doing it together. So... I will cover the art and John will give us the words and we'll see how that works out. Great. I can't wait to see it. I'm yeah. sure the listeners are enthralled. I, I, I am. <laughs> I don't know about them. Um, so issue 51, this is called shadow puppets. It's written by Brian Michael Bendis, penciled by Mark Bagley, inked by Art to Bear, colored by J.D. Smith, and lettered by Chris Iliopoulos. And right off the bat, I got to ring a bell. We don't actually have a bell, but John, I know Put you it love, in post! I, lo- I know you love the bell that you think I'm putting in. Um, <laughs> do we remember what uh, Mary Jane Watson's dad was last week? What was his name? A dick. Oh, uh... What was his name? Um, let me I'll give think. it to you. I don't. I, yeah, I don't. I don't. It was know. Craig. Craig Watson. Okay. Aunt May called him that multiple times. She said, "Craig, get out of my house." So either she doesn't actually know his name, which would be pretty funny, or we caught him here because on the the first page it like has the cast listed at the top, and they called him Gary Watson. Oh my gosh. We got him. We got him. <laughs> we got him. Put it in the put it the put the bell in. Put the alarm in. All right. Listen, well, okay, that bell? did you go back and look? I'm sure you went back and looked and definitely saw it said Craig, right? I caught this on my first not my first ever read through, but like I read through these issues like a week ahead just to plan out what we're gonna read, and then I go back and I take my notes. So like last week when we were covering those other issues, I already knew about this. Okay. So you did like go back and check. Yeah. I mean, I'm not lying here. Oh, well, I didn't say you were lying. I just wanted to make sure that you like, 
actually went back into the last episode and were like, er, issue. Yeah. Okay, Zach. <laughs> I'm still doing it myself right this very <laughs> second. <laughs> I'll get into it. The- she says, Craig, okay. Wow, now that's interesting. Yeah. I guess technically we maybe didn't catch them because theoretically she could just not know his name. That would be but, funny. But, but I think they change it, it one because more time. Because he also didn't correct her at all. I think they change it one more time in these issues. Well, that's what I'm about to go and see because I know that at some point they do say his name in this again. Okay, you can you can start, Zach, while I'm looking at this. All right, so we see two men in suits in an office watching the news report linking Spider-Man to Black Cat. And they turn it off and start talking about what they're going to do. And we've never seen these guys before, but we kind of figure out one of them is an associate of the Kingpins, and the other was hired by Kingpin to deliver the stone tablet Black Cat stole last issue. And we don't really know why he got hired, so I called him an archaeologist slash collector guy and he says he wanted a good relationship with the kingpin and the other man glares at him and asks him to repeat that and the first man catches his mistake and corrects himself and says wilson fisk i I meant to say mr fisk because remember john he doesn't like being called the kingpin of crime yep Zach, you are going to love this. I am about to just make your day. I'm so sorry that I'm going to interrupt this, but but this is this is going to make everybody's day. Because not only did we catch him, but we caught him good. Right? Because in the last issue, Mary Jane's dad's name is Craig. In the credits, his name is Gary. And two issues from now, when we hear someone else call his name his wife, so we know it's accurate, his name is Greg with a G. Kind of an amalgamation of Gre- of Craig and Gary. I mean, that's just... Wow. Whose fault is that? Who can we tweet? Uh, honestly... There's multiple editors here on this <laughs> on this page, so I'd say the writers, the editors, the pencilers, everyone's complicit, except you, Mark Bagley, you beautiful, perfect angel. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I just I just couldn't wait for for that one. Yeah, we we got him twice. Yeah. Um. So the two guys are talking, and uh, the collector dude says he only told Fisk's people that he had it and where it would be. So it seems like maybe Fisk sent Spider-Man to go steal it from him. And the goon tells him, you were going to give the tablet to us. Why would we steal it? And we learn that the other guy is just some investment banker with a friend at the museum. And the goon gives him a business card and instructions on how to discreetly meet with a person. It's interesting that you view this guy as a goon because I view like the fancy Dan gang as a goon. This guy seems like he is like, I don't know, like a a prominent like Kingpin's lawyer or something or like Kingpin's fixer. Like this guy doesn't seem like a goon. He seems like a Kingpin like competent mouthpiece kind of, you know. Yeah. Yeah, he he's not really bumbling or anything. He he seems pretty scary. Yeah. Um 
I don't know. I just associate any kingpin underlings as goons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he gives the dude a business card and instructions on how to meet discreetly with whoever's card it is. And he says, you're hiring someone skilled in just these matters. And the banker says he wants out. He wants nothing to do with this. And the goon basically tells him either he finishes the job or the job finishes him. I actually really respect this banker because he insinuates multiple times that he thinks Kingpin and his guys stole this. And, you know, it seems like that's not something that you would do to Kingpin a lot of times is like, you know, it seems like maybe you only get to do that once and then there's consequences for like falsely accusing. Yeah, I thought that a few times. Yeah, he's really like going for it. He doesn't know who he's talking to or he's got some cojones. Yeah. Um, and the banker asks, well, is there anything useful you can tell me about this Spider-Man guy? And the goon says, yeah, as far as Wilson Fisk is concerned, he's the most dangerous man alive. What's so that, the, uh, and he's saying it in a really menacing, like it's shot from below and he's got like, I don't know, like a, Tick like logo in the background or something like yeah, I'm not sure Zach's like, about to tell us what that is, but yeah, I don't know what that's there for. But that logo is not like a famous like villain logo of some absolutely kind, not. Interesting. I mean, it kind of looks like a bastardization of like the Spider-Man logo, but there's no reason it would be behind this random thug. Yeah, that's why I thought it was like a samurai logo or like a I don't know. Nope, just like know. a pretty okay. pretty ugly spider. But the point yeah. is, this scary gangster guy is saying like, oh, this Spider-Man person is the most dangerous guy in the world. And then we flip the page and we see Peter Parker asleep in class, snoring loudly. And his teacher is standing right in front of him, scowling, as MJ and Gwen look at him with concern. And I just realized, John, we've seen so many scenes of like him in various classes and the teacher is almost always different. But where him and Mary Jane and Gwen sit doesn't really change all that much. And it's like you would think they wouldn't all always have the same classes yeah. together. It's like they're all leaving one period and just going into a different room together. And the three of them and Flash and Kong are always in the same classes. Yeah. Hmm. They Makes don't, sense uh, yeah. for our story, but not for like how an actual high school would function. Yeah, I guess not. I guess that's true. Wow, yeah. we got him again. We got him. The teacher wakes Peter up and he yells, Not my costume! Ah! As he falls out of his seat. And she tells him he just earned a Saturday detention as the class laughs at him. And Peter is dressed... In, like, blue jeans with a red shirt and, like, a dark blue undershirt. And I just think it's a bit heavy-handed, you know? Like, <laughs> I don't think he would dress oh. in Spider-Man colors I didn't Peter even, Parker. I didn't even pick up on that, even as you were oh saying it. Oh my gosh, Zach! <laughs> I thought you were going to comment on the, like, 90s or 2000s skater culture kind of thing where you would wear a long sleeve shirt that and is, then a t-shirt over that, it 
that is very uh that is very 2000s that is how i dressed for a lot of my life (laughs) i was just about to ask if you did that yeah that's definitely how i dressed i thought it was like the coolest thing ever but i never i never felt confident enough to pull it off i hope it comes back in style because i would do it now yeah it's a good look (laughs) yeah um so later in the hallway peter tries making small talk with mary jane about how embarrassing that was and he tells her um he couldn't sleep last night and he's like trying to talk about the news story and i think this is him regressing john because we had just seen last time he was getting better at talking to you know girls in romantic ways specifically mary jane and the first thing he says here isn't asking her how she is or how it went with her dad and maybe it should have been because she says we shouldn't be talking yeah actually that's yeah that's true yeah that should definitely be like the first thing that they say like they just left on tense terms literally the night before and it's out of sight out of mind for him he's just talking about himself yep and she's she's like we shouldn't be talking and he looks at her hurt and confused like he forgot about it or something and MJ says, I kind, of, I kind of forgot about it. If I'm being honest, I was, right. I had the same look that Peter had. It's like, been what? nine. It's been nine days for you. It's been like nine hours for him. Yeah. <laughs> um, MJ says her dad is serious about pulling her out of the school. If she keeps talking to him and Peter says, I can't believe you. And MJ says, you don't live how I live. You don't have a father. You don't understand the, and Peter cuts her off and says, that's real that's nice. So, that's, <laughs> that is kind of like a messed up thing to say. To be like, my dad is just so mad at me. You'll never understand because you don't have a dad. <laughs> In her defense, Mary Jane instantly feels bad about saying it and starts apologizing. And uh, a crowd starts forming to watch them because they're kind of making a scene. And he says... I can't believe you're letting this get between us like this after all we've. And she says, it's not me. And Peter says, well, it's not me. And with tears in her eyes, MJ yells, what do you want me to do? And at this point, he's just repeating everything she says. And he says the same thing. And she runs away crying. And we see Gwen over Peter's shoulder frowning. Wow. You got anything for us, John? No, no. How she's going to swoop in. That frown is actually. You know what, Zach? I, I shooting I, her I shot. Of, I kind of. No, I didn't say anything. You're putting words totally in my mouth. I don't. I don't think that. And, you know, I, 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 I don't know. We keep. I do. I do kind of keep waiting for Gwen to come in and she just isn't. So maybe you're right about her. Maybe they're just best friends and she's never going to do anything. Biffles, best friends for life. Yep. I I do wish we could get more than like, like she yeah two not, words like, out of her happy. for the last yeah. ten issues. I kind of do also. She's really um like she talks to Aunt May more than anybody else, and even that hasn't been shown lately. I want to see more yeah, of her, that's, and that's I want to see off screen. It's just what she's doing in life. We still don't see that. And you know who else I miss? Kong. Yep. And Liz and Flash, but like less than Kong. Yeah. Yeah. yeah maybe Peter and Mary Jane just need to break up so we can get maybe some of these it's been a while back. since we've seen some some of our, yeah. our homies. Um 
later at the Daily Bugle, Peter accidentally opens a letter and finds a wad of cash to pay for a personal ad someone wants to run. And the ad says, Spider, Spider, I was intrigued by our last meeting. Were you? Life is too short. We should explore this. Meet me one roof over from the last. The cat. And we then see the bank dork from earlier enter a shadowy bar and give a package to a mysterious woman. And she says she already knows who the target is and they're done here. And he asks her for a name and she says, you can call me Electra. Now leave. And that night, Peter is lying awake in bed. <laughs> Dude, oh my what, gosh. That conversation was so funny. It's this, it's this like dorky banker. He doesn't just like ask for her name. He's like, you're just so pretty. Can you please tell me your name? And he's got like gaga eyes. And then she like makes him run away. He's just he's, a dork. <laughs> he says you, he says, I find you very attractive. Like, he doesn't even try and compliment her. He just makes it sound like scientific and awkward. <laughs> like so official. Yeah. I find you he's attractive. A, he's What's a your dork. name? And then he runs off. Yeah. He couldn't handle her anyway. Nope. Um, so Peter looks out his window, like longingly, like when will my husband return from war? And then he goes and grabs his phone uh, to call Mary Jane. And because it's the 2000s, Kids, there used to be things called landlines, so you wouldn't just call your girlfriend and it's her cell phone and it's in her room and she's the only one who answers it. It would be somewhere in the house and there'd be multiple phones and whoever got there first answers it. It's a little and kid, history lesson for you. Zach, that's even, even what you just explained kids are doing now is like 10 years old because now they just can text all the time. They don't even have to like call. That's true. It was the most, like, mortified. I don't know. It was, like, embarrassing and, like, so hard to call a girl and have to, like, talk to her parents before yes. you could, like, they'd put her out. That was just the worst. <laughs> yeah. Mortifying. Um, And so that's what happens. He, he calls her house and Craig slash Gary slash Greg, slash Greg answers the phone. And Peter hangs up and he looks sad for a moment and then remembers his meeting with the black cat who is neither black nor a cat. Um, and her ad for him. And he smiles and says, what I should do is meet her and just tell her that stealing is wrong. I mean, that's yeah, sure. So Peter's down bad. <laughs> Um, he suits up and starts swinging into town and he keeps convincing himself. He's saying meeting her just to talk is okay. I mean, she's probably not even there. And he arrives and not only is she there waiting for him on the roof, she's set up a romantic picnic complete with a bottle of wine. And she says, uh, she thought they could just talk, um, because she doesn't meet that many interesting guys. And she apologizes for beating him up and calls it a knee-jerk reaction, as one does. And Peter specifically asks if it's a date. And instead of answering directly, she says things like, I brought wine. Are you married? 
Do you like girls? And Peter ends up okay, saying... Okay, so Zach, I... Uh, before you do this, so... I was thinking this whole time... Like, the how how did she... I mean, I guess she would have just stolen some wine. But, you know, I was thinking that these were both, like, 16-year-old kids up here and drinking wine. Because I, was just, I just thought Black Cat was, like, a young superhero also. Before we hopped on this pod, you told me that she's an adult? Yeah. Yeah, okay. she's an adult. Okay. And I think I'd they lo- mean to draw yeah. her like an adult. You know, she... She well, I looks mean, definitely, <laughs> you know, developed. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's pretty weird because he's only 16. Right. But And I'd like to go out on a limb and say giving kids alcohol and going on dates with them is wrong. And what I told you is <laughs> she doesn't know who Spider-Man is. <laughs> Why would she assume he's 16? Usually you can tell when a child is talking to you versus an adult. Just yeah. usually, you know, I, I mean, <laughs> anyway, that does, Zach, that does I'm bring just up a good messing point. her out. No, I'm, I'm just now realizing there have been people like, um, oh, what's his name? Every, pa- everyone who meets him knows he's a kid. They're always like, this darn kid well, is ruining everything. Well, no, there, so there have been people like, um, Kingpin and Craven who unmask him and are like, disappointed they're like oh it's just a kid and then there's oh, people okay. who you're right they they hear him talking they're like how old are you and he's like 30 and they're like okay sure <laughs> so i i don't know maybe he just okay. like has a deep voice maybe he can pass for like a short adult i don't I, yeah it's hard to tell okay um but peter says well i guess i can stay for a minute And he pulls up his mask just high enough to drink the wine. And just then his spidey senses go off and he he takes off her mask. Yeah, she doesn't care. Um, he pulls her out of the way just as a sigh flies at her. John, did you know what a sigh is? Um, I called that a ninja sword in my notes. I had to Google what weapon does Raphael use Actually, in I Ninja Turtles. I said throwing daggers. Well, it's it's the thing that Raphael uses in Ninja Turtles, and I Googled what's that what that's called, and it's a sigh. Nice. Yeah. Um so yeah, How's one of that those spelled S A I. Okay. So one of those gets thrown at her and he they dodge it, and then we see a large splash page of Electra jumping onto the roof throwing several throwing stars at them as the issue ends. Wow. Exciting. Yeah. I have a, I have a scale for us. Oh, good. I don't have one. All right. I don't have one on any of them. Out of 10 aliases for Mr. Watson, what would you give this issue? <laughs> um, I thought that this one was just kind of okay. Uh, I gave it a 7 out of 10 aliases for Mr. Watson. Okay. All right. I'm going to give it a seven and a half just because I like that it makes me feel vindicated for last week saying Peter was maybe thinking about another woman or open yeah. to the thought of cheating on Mary Jane, even though he said he wasn't. Well, now I you, think we can um, definitively say that's happening. Well, now it is. I still don't know if it was last week. 
I think maybe you were reading into that knowing what comes in the future. But but I think there was enough given to us in that issue that we saw like the seeds of temptation kind of in his head. Yeah. Okay. When I read this one, I was like, oh, that's probably why Zach this is this is why Zach was saying that uh last week. Yeah. I was like, he knew what was coming. So of course he knew that that was actually happening, even though even though uh, he didn't want to say it yet. <laughs> You're not giving me a lot of credit as just no, a yes, savvy I am. reader. <laughs> yes, I am. But also at the same time, like when you read something for a second time or watch something for a second time, you know, you can pick up stuff before that you didn't pick up on the first time reading through. Yeah, you're you know. right. That's definitely what's happening here. There's no well, way uh, the first time I read through this series, I had that same thought. Is that sarcasm? I can't. No, tell. I'm, no, I'm serious. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm, sh- I'm sure it went over my head. Okay. Um. Okay. So yeah, I mean, pretty good. Still seven out of ten. You know, it was a it was a good read. Electra's yeah. fun. Black cat's yeah. fun. They're yeah, both- I think. This Very next issue might be fun. As we already talked about before the pod. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think we've really described Electra, but she's also um, a 10. She is. She's got a nice outfit, too, in a different way. Yeah. I can't say I blame the bank dork for shooting his shot with her. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> but and he also had no Peter chance for shooting hell. his shot with Black Cat. Well, you can because he had a girlfriend, but in general, would yeah anyone do it? Yes, yeah. If yeah. if you're single, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, you ready to get into issue fifty two? I'm ready for it. And you know what? I I usually always have the titles written down, and I actually don't have the title written down on this one. So this is the most oh my gosh. obvious title. <laughs> You could possibly choose for this issue. Oh my gosh, it's called Cat Fight. I could have guessed that. Cat Fight. Um, and it's Spider-Man in between Electra and Black Cat, and they look just a little like computer generated on this cover. You know what I think they look like? What I I think they look like. Uh, maybe there were some higher censorship standards for the covers of these books than the interiors. Oh, that makes sense. Because they're both showing about three square feet less cleavage than they will in this these issues. <laughs> um, so this is written by the same creative team that Zach already shouted out in the first issue. So we wake up on... We we wake up. We open on Kingpin, who's awake in his bedroom. Zach, I just love seeing Kingpin. Gets me hyped. I thought you told me he wasn't in this for a while. I guess I forgot about this scene. Um, and you forgot about his last, the last Kingpin stuff. So, yeah, that's why you can't trust me. I'm an <laughs> unreliable narrator. So Kingpin is back, and he tells Mister Reeny that um. He wants the situation with the tablet resolved tonight. And Mr. That's the uh, that's the guy, the fixer guy. And Mr. Rini says it's happening as they speak. And then there's a big fight between Electra and Black Cat. And Black Cat 
Zach, do you want to take it over? I told Zach yeah, yeah, all yeah. my notes for this one were just like they just fight. Yeah, and and Spider Man's there too, but really, I mean, the, the issue title says it all. It's a cat fight. He's just kind of watching. Um, so yeah, they're on the roof. She's throwing the ninja stars, which looks cool. They're dodging it. Um, just a lot of hand to hand combat with the girls, and all the all the speech bubbles are just hi hi ha rah, grunt just like random stuff and then smacking it's really sounds. not that interesting of a fight i don't think you can tell maybe they were like stretched thin this month and they were like oh they're thank like god pulling we set hair. up a fight they're, they're, yeah they're it, pulling hair they grabbed a couple like pillows they're hitting each other with pillows you sometimes know. they're very martial artsy sometimes they're very like two girls fighting in a cafeteria like <laughs> they they alternate between very technical fighting and then just like getting dirty and pulling hair um i do so peter is watching this and he's like oh man i should help someone and uh and then he's he like he doesn't know who the good guy is to help and he's like i mean this girl is a cat burglar you know so should i really help her yes you were just sitting with her, and then a dagger came through the air. <laughs> like, yeah, help her out a little bit. Yeah, that's your date, dude. <laughs> and, but he's like, I've picked the wrong side before, and that's true also. He's messed this up a lot. <laughs> so the route he takes is just kind of inaction. He he is. He's, he does a bunch of inaction, and then there's a full another scene of fighting, and then it's a close-up on his face, and he goes, someone should stop this. And it reminds me of all of the whenever like terrible things happen in the countries and all, all of the politicians just tweet out, someone should do something about this. And it's like, that's your job. <laughs> you have to do this. Um, okay, so and then probably the most interesting speech of this fight happens. We see Black Cat say, I'm not my father. Tell your master. Tell him I'm not my father. And um, and then they fight a little bit more, and eventually Peter gets knocked off the roof or something. He gets knocked off the roof and somehow doesn't catch himself with his webs, and he like falls through the like the entryway to you know what I'm talking about. You know he's he's always falling off the roof. He's always being fine about it, and then he's always like, I can't believe I didn't die. Especially superpowers, man. And you're like great at swinging from rooftops. This is like right up your alleyway. If I had a nickel for every time he ran into this problem with that girl, I'd have two nickels, (laughs) which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. Um, It kind of, this is pretty abrupt. It's losing. This issue's losing points for this. There's all this like non- important text in all these other pages because it's just fight scene after fight scene after fight scene and then as he's climbing up the wall there's like a whole book written off to the side and i think that's where he's thinking like oh do i help the cat burglar do i help this other lady i don't know man decisions well he's kind of he's kind of just thinking like He's just mad at himself for coming out to this dinner because he's like, 
this person told the whole world exactly where her and I are both going to be tonight. And I was stupid enough to show up and Mary Jane's my girlfriend. And he's just like yelling at himself as he climbs all the way back up this, the building. And And you know what? I think he kind of should. Yeah. Yeah. That's really bad decision-making. He says two different times. He says, I have a girlfriend and then starts thinking about, and even though she's crazy, I still love her. And da 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 da. And then he think comes back to the thought. He's like, "I have a girlfriend." I don't necessarily think Zach. Are we? I mean, we don't know what's going on in Peter's head, but I don't think it would have been the worst thing in the world for him to go and meet up with this person. As long as his intentions were actually pure, you know, it's not terrible to meet other superheroed people who are, you know, so the, the bad part was obviously his intentions weren't great. We can tell by his internal monologue, but right. If he had just gone to meet her, I don't think that that's, you know, if he was going to meet daredevil, would we say the same thing? Boys and girls can be friends, Zach. I know that, but we also have... I just told this to the 7th graders today. (laughs) Uh, uh, We also have a history of this that kind of got glossed over because it happened in one of the team-up issues. But do you remember when he was like... Well, that was with with Elektra, right? No, didn't he meet up with Elektra in a team-up issue? He did fight Elektra, and she looked nothing like this. But um, when he was meeting with uh, Black Widow... She said something like, do you know what a widow's kiss is? And he's like, doesn't involve tongue. And she gets like real close to his mouth and then like gives him a pressure point that knocks him out. And he definitely thought they were about to make out and he would have done it. Peter. You dog. We are not proud of you right now. No. So he gets back up to the roof and he's like, okay, I've got to stop this. And of course, both of the people are gone. And, um... He lays down on a car. Or, this is funny. On the top of the roof, and he remembers that it's black the blanket cat. that they were having the picnic on. Oh, is it? So that's yes, not he, on the car. It does kind. Of, oh no, it's just on. I don't know. I kind there's of a bump like it was to it on the car for, first, but but why would a car be on a roof? Yeah. So, so, oh, so he lays on the blanket, and he remembers that black cat said something about not being her father. And just up, just then, a police officer runs through the door of the roof, and Spidey just looks at him and says, "Shh, I'm thinking." You missed the best part. In between those it? two panels, he says, "I'm not my father. Who's her father? Batman." Oh yeah. <laughs> so we've got confirmation that in this universe, yeah. there's some kind DC of Batman comics. media. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so back at Kingpins. Mr. Rini says that Electra was unsuccessful, but something that Black Cat said during the fight could help discover her identity. And I just don't understand why Black Cat said this, what she said. Did, if they didn't know who version. she was already, it's just not, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's stupid. It's her version of every time Peter said, oh no, you took off my mask. Now you know I'm Peter Parker. And they're like, we do now. We didn't recognize your face. She just did that to herself. It's just so stupid. Like, it's, 
disappointing uh, after we just had that really cool issue that introduced her and showed how competent she was and that she thinks of everything. And then she just casually she, in a she fight must have, says this. She must have thought that they were sending someone to kill her because of what happened with her dad. And they had already figured out her identity and that's why they were tracking her. Yeah, and so they were I, actually just tracking her because she stole the tablet. They didn't know that, you know. I think they were tracking Spider-Man because all their conversations were about Spider-Man. The news said that Spider-Man was working with them. The bank dork thought Spider-Man was the one who robbed him. So I think they were showing up there to meet Spider-Man. But that well, I think they were showing up Electro there because, was, and she was fighting felicia hardy i think yeah. the, i think electra showed up there because everybody in the city saw all of the ads that black cat and spider that black cat put out right so they knew that they would both be there it doesn't make sense to me though that she wasn't even trying to fight spider-man because like, she, she showed a tablet back right but all the other characters seem to think that they were working together and that spider-man might have the tablet i don't know hmm I should. I would ring the bell because I think we might have got him again, but I'm not. Sh- I'm not confident. Um, I don't think so. I think we are just assuming that Kingpin and them know that it was the Black Cat person that stole the tablet, not Spider Man that st- stole the tablet. You know, right? They might know that she has it, but not know who, what her who identity she is. is. Yeah, but she, she just gave do. it, and she just gave it away the second she saw them. It's dumb. Um. And then we switch and Aunt May gets a panicked call in the middle of the night from MJ's mom. MJ has taken her clothes and money and ran away. And um, MJ's mom ask if P- asks if Peter is there and May says she's going to go wake him up. And we know that he's not there. So, and then the issue ends. What'd you think? Pretty good. Pretty interesting. Um, I mean, it was just, I mean, that was a fast read, man. That's That was like... I mean, it was. Night- it took like five minutes to read that issue, like if anything. So you know, it's hard to give. Some it a of bad our grade. comics are like twenty-three pages, and they have a lot of text. This was like nineteen pages, and 18. it was eighteen pages. Yeah, because of the cover, it was like eighteen pages. No, and- no, it was eighteen pages, counting the cover, counting the title page. So it was actually sixteen pages. It was sixteen pages. Hand to God, probably ten of those were just fight panels yeah and then all of the text was loaded on that one page like you said which was yeah which so um i don't know i still gave it what's your scale do you have one uh out of 10 throwing stars coming right okay. at you <laughs> okay um i still gave it a seven out of ten but i don't know it feels like it should probably be a, like a six i uh, yeah i'm gonna give it a five it's like nothing was like atrocious in it, but I've just come to expect better from this this team. Yeah, yeah. Okay, five's good. That's that seems about right. You know. Yeah. But but it's hard to give it a bad grade when it took like five minutes to read. <laughs> it's right. Like, whatever. Okay. Thanks for thanks for getting. We had three up three issues to cover this week. Thanks for one of them being a short one. Seven out right. of ten. It's not that it wasn't enjoyable. There's just not much to it. Yeah. 
And the fight pictures weren't enjoyed. Like they some sometimes the fights are interesting. You know, characters are like using their powers and doing cool things. And these fights, you know, these there girls was no don't difference have between any of the. But they can be, do ninjas. I don't know. They can they have do fun stuff. Knives and cleavage and like yeah, that's that's fun. I guess <laughs> not for ten pages. Yeah. Um, so issue 53, this one is called Daughters. And Aunt May is running through the house to wake Peter up. And she she gets into his room and she realizes that he's gone. And she wakes Gwen up because that's the only time we see Gwen is when she's talking to Aunt May anymore. <laughs> and tells her that Peter and MJ have ran away. And they run downstairs and find Peter. And and I mean, you are right in that Gwen never is saying anything of value because she didn't say anything that I felt the need to take notes on at all. She's always just like, what's happening? You know? It's a damn shame because think about how, like, explosive a, of a character she was when she first arrived. Like, she shook up the book kind of when she was, you know leaning against yeah. that wall and that cool punk rock chick that everyone was interested in and it's like they've just forgotten that she's a tool in the toolbox you know to help this yeah. story be better yeah um so they run downstairs Gwen and Aunt May and they find Peter in the kitchen drinking milk out of the container gross get a cup dude dude it's so rude you know other people live there I got to point something else out. Yeah. It's been a while it. since I've got to do this, but you know, I got to call out every cool band shirt in this book. Um, yes. And Gwen is wearing a rancid tank. Who top. is that? Who's oh my rancid? God. Rancid is maybe one of the best ska punk bands of all time. I know. Really? I know. Maybe you've heard check them out. Some of them. I know you've heard like time bomb. If for no other reason than because I've played it before. Oh, I'll have to check them out. They're really that, fun live. That I'm going to put on the list and actually listen oh, to Oh, good. Them. Okay. So, Peter says he was up working late, working on his paper, and May asks him multiple times if Mary Jane is there, if she's in the basement or just anywhere, before telling him that she ran away. And Peter immediately sprints down the street to the Watsons in his boxers and tank top. And, and Mr. No shoes. Mr. Yeah. And Mr. Gary. No, I'm sorry. In this issue, it's Mr. Greg Watson is at the door. You know what? I'm going to go back to the title page. It still says Gary. Still, oh, my gosh. Are you serious? John, did you watch Parks and Rec? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Gary and Jerry. This is Gary, this is Jerry, like Terry, Larry. This is amazing. How did they I mean this is a colossal wow. failure for this is like From watching the editing the, team. This is tough. Yeah. This is like watching the two thousand seven Patriots lose in the Super Bowl. I mean, this is a who's who of writing, editing, art. At, How does at their nobody prime, catch this? We can't even lock down Mary Jane's dad's name. I mean, come on, guys. It's three. It's different three times. Okay. <laughs> wow, we really got him. You gotta, you gotta put alarms all over this issue. Um. 
So Mr. Watson's at the door. He grabs Peter by the shirt, demanding to know where MJ is. And Peter just grabs his wrists and says, don't. And uh, gosh, I wonder like what Greg thought of what, what Greg thought when this little like 16 year old kid, he probably felt like was about to like break his wrist if he did anything. And MJ's mom asks Peter to help them look for, for Mary Jane. And he goes up to her room and he's just kind of thinking to himself. And then all of a sudden he realizes he might know where Mary Jane is. And we see him sprint out of the house telling everyone he's going to go check something out. And I just put here that Peter goes to an abandoned looking warehouse. I don't, I didn't recognize this place at all. Well, you'd be forgiven because I didn't ever think of it as like their spot. They've been there one other time after the goblin threw her off the bridge. He That's, told her okay. to go there because I guess it was nearby or something. And he came back to her at this warehouse and he just somehow intuitively knew that that's where she would go to hide which is not what Mm. i would have expected i would have thought maybe liz's house or the mall or the school or anywhere that we've (laughs) seen them go more than once yeah well they're just in love he just knows her really well yeah oh but it is really sad mary jane's like huddled on this abandoned warehouse floor in her winter clothes uh because i'm guessing it's it must be cold you know whatever we're and she fell asleep writing in her journal, and we can see that the last thing she wrote was that she's never felt more isolated in her entire life. And Peter wakes her up and tells her everyone's looking for her, and MJ says she just kind of needed to get out. She couldn't breathe. And she talks about how her dad is a sad man that puts everyone down to make them feel as sad as he does, and that she can't live like that anymore. And she asks Peter if they can run away and get married, and Peter says, not yet. And then uh, it's really cute, you know, just the way the panels are drawn. I do like black in the background and and everything. It's cute. Yeah. I do like how sensitively they kind of treat the subject of her relationship with her dad, because it's like they're they're clearly wanting to tell kind of a B plot about abuse and family abuse and make it something that's like kind of relatable to some readers without being triggering or insensitive and they're they're not specific about you know what he says and does but i feel like this is something that would hit home for a lot of people in a way that's kind of you know responsible yeah and then we cut to the next day peter is working at the bugle and he's kind of dozing off and peter might have sleep apnea i feel like He's always dozing off. Lord you knows know. he probably doesn't get a full night's sleep ever because he's out spider manning. I I just went, Zach, and got a test for sleep apnea. And the doctor told me that I'm concerningly sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> Those were her words. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> but... <laughs> If you say so, then I guess, I mean... I would probably get the same diagnosis. Dude, I'm like... She's, like, asking me these questions, you know, like... Do you ever just, like, doze off and blah, blah, blah? And, you know, if you're laying on the couch watching TV, you know, how often is it that you'll fall asleep? And and how many times do you wake up in the middle of the night? And I'm, like, answering them, and, and 
and they're all just wrong. <laughs> That's <laughs> they're, they're, so I didn't know that about myself anyway. You know what I told Shyla I want for my birthday this year? What? I'm I'm going to stay up like 2 days be like uh the Thursday and Friday before my birthday weekend and completely sleep deprive myself and like <laughs> go to the gym or go to a concert or something, you know, do do work and then on that like Friday night I'm going to take a melatonin and have like freshly made bed and clean sheets and spray it with lavender and i'm just gonna knock out and have and have track it on my apple watch and like i want to break the world record for like coziest longest coziest coziest sleep that's great we'll call guinness the coziest sleep that has to like it's like the lowest heart rate ever or something (laughs) while sleeping most time in REM sleep yeah. before waking up again. <laughs> That's great. Um, So Peter is dozing off in the bugle and he's kind of like thinking to himself slash like dreaming of that thing that Black Cat said about not being her father. And then he wakes up and then like Kingpin also flashes in his mind. When he sees her yell, tell your master, he like flashes to Kingpin. And uh, so he and he wakes up immediately and he starts Googling cat burglars on the Bugle con- computer. And he's like looking for um, different burglars over the years. And he clicks on one name and it's a it's an article cat burglar caught for Jack Hardy. And in the news picture, we can see his young daughter, Felicia Hardy. And it's the same person. And we know this because she took off her mask and Peter recognizes her as the cat burglar. She's like a child in that picture, but he could, he can still tell. Yeah. And he's like, Oh my God. It's like detective work. I just did. I can't believe I figured it out. But then he's like, but wait, if I figured it out, that means they figured it out too. And we cut to Kingpin Sorry, real quick. I don't want to leave this scene yet. Did you catch two fun little details? Um, Well, it does say Felicia Hardy is employed by Fisk Enterprises. Is that one of them? I mean, yeah, that's that's like a detail that comes up in the plot again. I was looking more at just like Easter eggs. Um, Is it Ben Yurick who wrote the article? Because I did notice that. Ben Yurick wrote that article like 10 years ago. And then... When he's looking up known cat burglars, all of them, I believe, have like some connection to characters in like the original comics. Um, and we see a familiar name on there, Hobie Brown. Oh, really? Ooh, nice. Good, yeah. good catches, Zach. Yeah. So we do cut to Kingpin, and he is just like. Dude, his hand is so big. It's absurd. Like, I'm worried for him. Listeners, it's humongous. It's like much bigger than his head. You he know, has it's completely, massive. He has a grown woman completely wrapped around one palm of his hand. And I'm not talking about like holding her by her neck or something. He's like holding her against the wall with all of his fingers and thumb wrapped around her shoulders. Yeah, it's insane. Like, his hand um, is it, the size it, of her it, torso. Yeah. It's like, 
he is normal sized, but his hand is like Hulk sized. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. His hand is at least twice as big as his head. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in that first panel. It kind of gets smaller in the rest of them, but in that first one. But anyway, so he's got her grabbed up against the wall in her house. And um, Electra's there. She's pointing yeah. the side yeah. at her. Nice. And he demands the tablet back. And then we see someone off screen call out, which we pretty much always know Spider-Man when someone like yells something from off screen. Um, Boy, I haven't seen you this angry since the Colonel wouldn't tell you his recipe for the secret spices. It's not his best. Another fat joke. It's, it's, it's not his best. And, um, you know, he's got nothing to do with KFC. If this guy looked like Colonel Sanders, then you can maybe make a KFC joke. But, you know, I just, I just, I, I get that Spider-Man, he was probably on a, a countdown, you know, he probably didn't take too much time coming up with that because well, he can see she's about to get crushed. So, but also he was swinging over there. He could have been workshopping while he was swinging. <laughs> That's true. If this I was like, expect him to be doing that, actually. If this was like his 10th quip in a single fight, I could expect it to not be his best work. But this is what he led with, man. Yeah. So Peter bursts in. He webs up Electra and Kingpin. You know, he, he and Felicia are able to escape. I don't I I didn't really even see what happened. He just kicks him and punches him a little bit or something or he just Spider-Man's you know. around. Yeah, kind of. You know, he Spider-Man's around. He webs him in the face. He, you know, he like webs Kingpin's shoes together or something and he trips or I don't know. He doesn't do that, but he should. But it does kind of look like Kingpin is like tripping over his shoes in one panel. That would be a really fun. Oh, wait, he already did that, didn't he? He already did that to Kingpin in the last issue. Web his shoes to the ground. Yeah. Um. So Felicia and Spidey kind of get away and they get up to a roof and Felicia tells Spider-Man about her father and Kingpin. Her father was a jewel thief and Kingpin killed him or something or threw him in jail and then he died in jail. And what's the deal with that? Why why are they mad at Kingpin for that reason, Zach? You got to remind me. Well, Sorry. Well, that's She says, he killed my father. He betrayed him and let him rot. I'm going to destroy him. Okay. Everything he says he wants, I will take away from him. And she and does she, have the tablet. Yeah, she pulls out the tablet and Spider-Man's like, what's that? And she says something he wants. And Kingpin just comes like bursting through the door to the roof. And he Kool-Aid mans it. He doesn't even he does. open the door. He does. And Felicia throws the tablet in the river and says, now it's just another rock at the bottom of the river. Truth told, I'm very glad I got to do that in front of you. And Electra throws a dagger at her, and it hits her right in the heart, and she falls over the side of the building. A sigh. Sad. A sigh. It was... She threw a sigh. Oh, I thought you were saying, like, sigh. sigh <laughs> like, a heavy breath for her death. <laughs> um. So Spider-Man jumps down to look for Felicia. He can't find her anywhere. She's gone. And uh, we then hear a voiceover of someone talking about the tablet. 
Zach, do you want to give it a, a good Vince D'Onofrio impression? I didn't believe in the tablet. I'm sorry it's the way that I am. I cannot find the logic to it. Or maybe you don't have to. I, you don't have to do the whole thing if you don't like. Was that just, was that really bad? No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't bad at all. But it was a lot of words. Like I wasn't going to do the whole thing. At all. <laughs> um, it's, it's not. It doesn't sound like a hard voice to do, but it just kind of messes with your throat dude, after the a way, while. It's, it's the way he does it. He's got it. He's you know, he's like a big child, but he's like a powerful big child. He's still like a <laughs> scary kind of. And in that way, he's the most kingpin actor ever. Yeah. And so, yeah. So, but we kind of learned during this voiceover, apparently this tablet is something that his, you know, he's speaking to someone in a coma and this person in a coma wanted the tablet because they thought it might help and kingpin. So I was trying to get it to see if it helps, even though he doesn't think it would. And then we see that it's his, I'll just say it, Zach absolutely stunning wife vanessa in a coma girlfriend in a coma i know King, i know King it's serious that game wait what smith's quote girlfriend in a coma i know i know it's serious oh my gosh i can't believe that's a song yeah that would be funny if that's what kingpin was listening to his favorite band man and basically he says he's running out of ideas and that these people are taking away their chance at happiness and they're they mock us and then he says please wake up oh it's kind of cute yeah you're getting the like the human motivations behind you know this monster that we thought was just like a capitalist yeah i mean he i'm sure he also still is that but but he found love. He he found love, and he was so desperate to save it. He's not a sentimental man. He doesn't yeah. believe in magic or anything. But he was yeah. gonna he was gonna get this ancient tablet that has like you know, healing properties. He could be doing a ton of things with his time. He could be robbing banks, putting politicians in charge, um, taking away Labor Day, and instead fixing the World Series. Yep. <laughs> and instead, he's just trying to save his wife. And and I don't know. Maybe Spider-Man's in the wrong. Who I knows? think he's also Who's doing those other things. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think he can walk and chew gum at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> um, what did you think of this one? And do you have a scale? Ooh. Um, I don't have a out scale. Of, I think I like this better than the other two out issues. Out of ten amulets... T- I'm sorry, ta- tablets thrown in the river. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to say eight tablets at the bottom of that river. Nice. That's pretty good. I, I said seven and a half tablets, but I did like this one more than the other ones. Um, it had a lot more going on. It yeah. It used more characters. It told more of a story. It made Kingpin seem relatable. Mm-hmm. I always like seeing Kingpin, you yeah. know. So what's what you got anything else on these issues? What's our next issues? I, Answer both of those questions. <laughs> uh I don't have anything else for these issues. I believe next week we're in 54 and 55. Yeah. Zach, that was always a key door-to-door sales technique is 
you ask people a question and then you just pummel another question right after them. And it almost like makes them like start talking about something, you know? Oh my gosh. That's such a, that's such a cool flag. I don't know. Where'd you get it? Oh, did you get it at this place? I don't know. You know, whatever. Just boom. Oh, what kind of dog is that? Hey, who do you got for your home internet? (laughs) What kind of dog is that? Does he like to play a lot of video games? What kind of speed is he using on the internet? Cool, cool, cool. So is that just like for personal use or you do a lot of streaming? <laughs> yeah, look at that. Two questions. <laughs> um. So, no, but but do you have anything else? Not, oh, for the, not for the issues. Um, okay. For ready to move on. I know you had. No, I meant, what's, okay, so what's next week? You had to answer that one too. Oh, 54 and 55. Next week, issue 54 and 55. Okay. Spider-Man goes to Hollywood. What? Really? <laughs> yeah. Is he going to be in a talkie? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, we had, you said we had a lot to talk about at the end of the issue. So what happens if you've, if you just come for the, the Spider-Man talk, I think that, uh, you might be free to go. Is that true? Well, we don't want to tell him that. But no, well, I'm just we can't I, stop him from leaving. Yeah, exactly. We we want you to stay, but if yeah. you know if you're going to click off, now's the time. <laughs> For those of you that care about us, stick around. That's so, John, okay. last time we spoke, you had an overnight field trip and then fantasy football league draft. Tell me about those. How'd that go? Um. They went fine. They, the, I mean, the retreat, the retreat deserved that. You know, they went fine. You know, it was fine. <laughs> it was just like thirty six hours at a Catholic school retreat. Like it was, you know, a whole bunch of like leadership uh, things, and and the eighth graders are great, and they don't annoy me at all, and uh, they're just great little leaders for the school. So, <laughs> and that's on record, Zach. That's on transcript. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, okay, yeah, the draft. Okay, so I actually was wheeling and dealing quite a bit at this draft. We we do draft day trades, and I get bored, you know. So so I was wheeling (laughs) and dealing a little bit. So so I was the twelfth pick, and I traded my first round pick and second round pick for the person who drafts eighth first round pick and second round pick. So I move up four spots in the first, I move down four spots in the second, and then we also swapped fourths. So I moved down four spots in the fourth. So that was kind of like what I traded to move up, you know? So because of that, here's the team I got. And then there's the team I, I, I already dealt guys. No, well, it's like, so I got with those trades, I got Tyree Kill, and then in the at the eight, which I was psyched about, that's that's like the whole reason I made that trade, was because I, I was like, okay, Tyree Kill's still there, I'll take him. So, because I feel like he could be like a top, you know, the, the number one receiver of the year, or he's at least got that cho- chance. And then I hated everybody that was coming back to me, so I made another trade. I moved back two more picks in the second. And because of that, I moved up like five or seven picks in the third. 
It was like a big, I think I moved up seven picks in the third just to move down two picks in the second. And I hated everyone in the second anyways. Um, so then I moved down further and I ended up getting Joe Mixon in the second. And then I got Lamar Jackson in the third. That was just my pick. That wasn't the one we traded. It was the fourth round that I moved up the seven picks. And in that one, I got I snagged Brees Hall with it earlier nice. than I would have been able to. So that was kind of like the full extent of the trades. And it might not have been good for me because if I just stat, stead put, sat put, whatever, I I would have gotten Stefan Diggs and Josh Jacobs as my first two picks. And instead, I got Tyree Kill and Joe Mixon. So I maybe would rather have Diggs Jacobs out of those things. But I wouldn't have gotten Brees Hall, which is really what the, the kicker of that is. So yeah. You know so when that will come in handy? Difference. Playoffs. Yeah. Everyone's yep. everyone's fading him because he's going to be hurt like early on in the season. I never care about that. Me neither. I think he's actually going to be. I think he's. A, I think he, that was a good pick. So I actually really like my team. I've got Tyree Kill, Tyree Kill, Mike Williams, Cortland Sutton as my top three receivers, and Sutton I think is also could be good. Jerry Judy's hurt for yeah, you know, and they just while, traded so. Albert O away. Yeah, and then I've got. Joe Mixon, Brees Hall as my starting running backs. Lamar Jackson, Q. QB and Jawan Johnson on the Saints as my tight end. I just got him with like my last pick, you know. Right. Now he's supposed to be like a kind of a sleeper. Maybe he'll win me the league. Yeah. Well, cool. Sounds like you did pretty well. Yep. Yeah, it was fun. Yep. How was your week? Did you do uh, anything fun? I did. Um, on Friday, I went and saw uh the offspring some 41 and simple Plan. oh my gosh what a group of bands i know and uh, obviously uh, uh, i i uh, got into the pit that's what i was about to ask <laughs> shyla saw one of her students there which was kind of funny oh my gosh i would die i would die <laughs> if i went to to to, to anywhere um well dude that sounds like an awesome show yeah it's pretty good Nice. You doing anything this weekend? Um, yeah, this weekend is actually Shyla's birthday, and I gotta talk low because oh, okay. I don't want oh my gosh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, Zach. Zach, before we got on, Zach said that I don't know why I'm talking low. <laughs> She's not <laughs> she here. Can't hear you, dude. <laughs> before we hopped on, he told me it was his, her birthday, and he's got a surprise planned. And I, I actually haven't heard this either. So ooh, I mean, it's, it. it's nothing that big, but. There's a beach that we found in Milwaukee that we like. And I know Those that sounds dulcet tones. That sounds like it would suck, but it actually doesn't. It's, no way. That sounds awesome. It's honestly, I would put it up there with like some Florida beaches I've been to. Like, have you checked the weather? Really nice. Um, weather's supposed to be good. Nice. Uh, so just gonna put her in the car and be like, let's go get breakfast and already have like swimsuits and towels and stuff in the back and then just go. Just make a little day trip of it. Oh, that's awesome. Are you uh, okay? What's up? I just nothing. I I'm I'm trusting that Shyla is the type of person that would be okay with being told you were going to get like breakfast and then being on like a six hour road trip. <laughs> she knows something's happening, but she doesn't know what. Okay, 
Okay. <laughs> I trust you, Zach. You've got yeah. this in the bag. <laughs> we'll see. She, we always have like bad luck on her birthdays. Um, really? Like two, two years ago, I had this big thing planned. We went up to the upper peninsula of Michigan and we were going to oh do like gosh, this you're, kayak and take notes. Zach yeah. is a beast. Not really. Cause we were going to do this like uh kayak and hiking guided tour um, at like pictured rocks, national waterfront. It's supposed to be like beautiful. And we, we get in at like 11 o'clock at night in this little town in the middle of nowhere. And there's only like a couple of hotels and I've got us a room at, um, in a Econo lodge. And they catfished me online. They posted pictures of what was probably the best Econo Lodge anywhere in the country. And we end up with one with a broken AC unit and like dog hair on the bed and like stains in the sheets. And oh my gosh, the the oh my gosh, bathtub looked like it had like blood stains on it and stuff. And then oh my the ne- gosh, did you talk to the people? Yeah, we canceled the second night. We were like, we're just going to sleep in the car the next day. And uh, then we got up to do our like paddle and hike. And I was like, well, at least that'll save us. That'll that'll fix the weekend. And we got there and they were like, yeah, the water's choppy today. Governor's orders. No boats are allowed to go out. You folks oh, will get refunded. Right. Yeah. So we drove back home and just stopped at Six Flags on the way. Okay, well that sounds awesome anyways. But it it's just like something like that always, you know, something out of our control always goes wrong on her birthday, so I was like this year I'm just going to keep it simple and hopefully nothing can go wrong. Yeah. It's not super complicated. But dude, that 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 does sound awesome. You'll have to you'll have to let me and all the listeners know how it went next week. Yeah, for sure. You got anything else? Um, I don't think that I do. Yeah. Do you? Um, nope. You want to take us out? Yep, I do. So thank you to Ian Hickey for the music and Alyssa Seaman for the artwork. And thank all of our web. Thank you all of our webheads for listening and leaving us a comment or a review. You can find us the first read ultimate Spider-Man podcast on Spotify or Apple music or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And you can come chat with us and leave us a message or a comment on Instagram at First Read Podcast. Send us an email at firstreadspidey at gmail.com or find us on YouTube at Ultimate Spider-Man Podcast. See you next week. 